Welcome, everybody, to episode 616 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have got a major announcement dropping this week. Be sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace or over there on Facebook, either my Alec Lace or my First Class Fatherhood account. Big changes are coming and going to take First Class Fatherhood to the next level. Thank you to everybody out there who has been supporting this podcast from the beginning. It really means the world to me. Today, I have the incredible honor of having a true American hero returning to the podcast. Eddie Penny joins me here on First Class Fatherhood. Eddie first served our nation as a United States Marine, then transferred over to the Navy, becoming a Navy SEAL, and then ultimately serving with the Tier 1 unit, Dev Grew, or better known as SEAL Team 6. His story is absolutely inspiring, and I encourage everybody to get out there and grab a copy of his new book that dropped yesterday, Unafraid, Staring Down Terror as a Navy SEAL and a Single Dad. I'm still amazed that I get to sit here and have conversations with men like Eddie Penny. I hope you guys will enjoy this. The last time he was here was way back on episode 149. Honored to have him back on the podcast. Eddie Penny will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Eddie Penny was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the SEAL Team 6 operator and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, speaking of Navy SEALs, you guys know just how much I love the Navy SEAL community. I've had over 65 Navy SEAL dads join me here on the podcast, including Jocko Willink, Marcus Luttrell, Rob O'Neill, and Medal of Honor recipients Michael Thornton, Ed Byers, You go through the list and you will not be disappointed. There's plenty of Navy SEALs for you guys to listen to talking about their fatherhood journeys. The fourth annual Navy SEAL swim across the Hudson River is coming up on August 6th. I encourage everybody to go over to the GIGoFund.org and check out and see how you can get involved and support the swim. I was there last year. I was on a barge in the middle of the Hudson River interviewing these guys as they were coming out of the out of the water in the halfway point to do their push-ups and their pull-ups. I mean, these guys are absolutely just incredible human beings. I will be there again, and uh, actually this year, Newsmax is going to use my coverage of the Navy SEAL swim, so I will be on Newsmax the following morning. Uh, which would be August 7th. It'll be a Sunday, August 7th, and I will be interviewed on Newsmax with a couple of the Navy SEALs that will be participating in the swim. They'll show some of the coverage, and we'll talk about it, so don't miss out on that. More on that to come. And as I mentioned, i got some big news coming. Follow me on Instagram, at Alec underscore Lace. Got some great guest announcements I'll be dropping on you here soon, too. Uh, And as always, please help me spread the word about this podcast every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Eddie Penny. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father Eddie Penny. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. You've been busy. I have been busy. I've been blessed to speak to a lot of great dads, yourself included. So give us a little update here. Any more kids since the last time we talked? How are all the kids doing? How how old are they? No, gosh, we've got uh, we have five total now. We have 22, 18, 13, 10 and seven and three dogs. A new addition. We just got a dog. He's about a year now. So that's that's like a baby. It's like a kid. 
Yeah, I'm about to bring a cat into the house here, too. Not so crazy about it, but it's coming my way, whether I like it or not, for my daughter's birthday. You're not not winning the battle with the cats? (laughs) No, it's a losing argument for me, so there'll be another box in the house. But I guess that's better than having a kid pretend they're a cat, right? I mean, we see some of them doing that in schools today, so I'm not doing too bad. That's very very true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and, and congratulations. I know you've been married since the last time we talked, so hit me with a little bit about that. What's been a relationship like with your kids and, and your wife and how's that all flowing? Uh, so she's got two, two kids that she brought in. I brought in three. We have three living with us in our house, the uh, 13 and under. Uh, it's been, it's been crazy. I mean, it's a bl- blending families is, um, is not an easy task, but we did something totally different than I've done in my past as we were proactive. We're like, all right, let's go do talk therapy. Let's go do right things. Let's read up on some books. Let's do this. We need to do this just to kind of armor up, I guess you could say for the, uh, for the blending of family. And it's been working awesome. We've been, it's been, it was actually just a year, uh, a couple of days ago. So we've been doing that and it's been, it's getting easier. It's getting easier. It's not this instantaneous. Hey, we're, we're, we're all family all of a sudden. And everyone's, you know, just singing Kumbaya. Unfortunately, that's not the reality of it, but it's been awesome. Uh, the family started to mesh and uh, it, it's, it's been cool. It has been really cool. Yeah, and it's important too, Eddie, because you know I, I focus on the fatherless crisis we got going on. We have so many kids that don't have that father-father figure. A lot of that could be due to bad co-parenting situations, relationships 100%. that go south. So it's important to see and people that can find some success uh, in the co-parenting and in a blended family because I think it's so important, especially now today. There's more and more blended families than ever. Absolutely, I was listening to this. I was working out this morning and I was listening to this motivational speeches. And someone goes, you're not a stepfather, you're a father that stepped up. I was like, that is so true. That is freaking awesome right there. I'm like, man, new mantra. That's right. I'm stepping up, taking that role. Let's go. Yeah, I love that. And I know now you're still doing the contingent group. You still got that rolling. And I know yes, now you, got the, you yep. got the whole unafraid that's gone on with the podcast. You got the new book. Uh, what What's the unafraid? Explain to me the unafraid mindset and can, can we apply it to parenthood as well? Unafraid, we can apply it to anything and everything. It kind of goes back to that mindset. We got the uh, the brain, we got the heart and the mind, and I, I just whatever we do, we gotta have we gotta be 100% all in, right? Unafraid gear. <laughs> you gotta be all in, and uh, yeah, it's 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 100%. And if it's for a diet, if it's for working out, if it's your faith, if it's for being a parent, you gotta be all in. And like you just brought up, fatherless homes. A lot of those fatherless homes are fathers that come home after work and they're still fatherless. That's that's what we don't see. We're like, oh, I'm still there. I'm still there. You're physically there, but mentally you're not there. And I talk about that in the book, Unafraid, that's coming out because I was guilty of that big time. Yeah, and, and it, it is too. A lot of dads will come home and they'll be checked out and they won't be, even though they are a presence, they're not really fully there in their kids' lives. And listen, Eddie, right now we got so many different challenges facing parents. I mean, set aside the prices on everything have gone up. I mean, I'm a family of six. I got four kids myself. You got a blended now. You got three living with you at home. Uh, you know, the inflation stuff is real. The gas prices are real for families that are trying to do this. So that's one part of it. Then the other part of it you have is our, it seems like our school systems in this country seem to be working against us now, whether that be in the grade school level or then even when they want to go to college. It seems like it seems to be working and making it more and more difficult for parents in this country. What's your take? Absolutely. We could we could just look at anything that's going on the last few years that is just getting piled on the parents that we got to deal with because there's a lot of questions that I've noticed from my children, like questions that I never thought about when I was growing up that we need to answer it tactfully and in a right way. Um, 
so yeah, it, it's tough. There's a lot. There's a there's a lot of stuff going on. But at the same time, I believe with this whole like the unafraid mindset piece is we can look. We can take this as a learning opportunity. It's like okay, here's why we ration food. Here's why we prepare. Here's why we stock up. Here's why we don't waste our money because this could happen. Uh, so I think there's a learning. There's a lesson in this. All this chaos for sure. But yeah, it's it's tough. It's not it's not easy. Be parenting, it's not easy. And when your economy around you seems like it's swallowing you up, it's makes it harder, of course. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I see that you've been doing some of the podcasts with your wife as well. What has that been like? How have you guys uh have you been able to gel more? Have you learned more about one another? Is it is it difficult to do those with one another? What'd you learn from what's your takeaway from it? I just learned a, a word the other day. I was like, what the heck does that even mean? Like she just, I, I, I feel some sometimes pretty stupid when I'm even talking to her. Uh, no, it's been good. It's almost been like therapy for us. Every time we do a podcast, there's just like this connection going, even though we're just talking, there's something about the cameras and the mics and the lights. Uh, it's just good. I mean, we, she opens up, I open up, we just kind of go with the flow. We, we try to be as real as possible and transparent and talk about issues that, are going out there, not this fluff of uh, we're, we're not putting up this facade. Uh, it's been it's been fun. It has been real fun. It's been it's been hard to jump in on some of the conversations uh, when you're not feeling it. Sometimes she's all in and I'm not. And I'm like, and then vice versa. Uh, I'm sure you can probably empathize with that. It, it's hard to jump in sometimes. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, you, and listen, the Navy SEALs have really just come to the forefront here. We're seeing you guys all over the place. And I think that we all benefit as citizens, as as Americans, from your guys, your wisdom, your experience, your sacrifices. I know I've had Jack Carr on the show several times. He His show blew up there on Amazon uh, with the terrorist, uh, the, uh, the terminal list. And so just like yourself, being able now you have a book, you've got a platform. I, I think it's so important for us to get a chance. I know a lot of your brothers, uh, teammates are now running for Congress, getting into office. So we're seeing more and more. What's, what's your take? How do you see all this right now, the way the SEALs have been represented, whether that be on film, on TV, or even in the political arena? What do you think about what's going on here with the SEAL community? That's funny you brought up Terminalist. The co-author for that book is actually my writer for Unafraid. So he, his name's Keith Wood. He's a, he's a phenomenal writer. Um, yeah, they're just stepping up. I always I, I refer to this a lot as Tom's disease, terrified of missing stuff. We, we just always want to be in the action. We want to be there. And I think we just kind of see that there's a necessity. Uh, you know, you get to a certain age with all the stuff and you kind of realize that politics kind of do make a difference. It really does matter who's in office and, uh, you know, what their vote is or what they're pushing. And I think guys are just rising up. They're seeing, um, let me turn the slide off. There we go. They're just kind of seeing an issue and they're just, they're just stepping it up. Like it's just, they're calling and they're being obedient to that calling. And we're like, all right, let's go next battle. Here we are front lines. Yeah, well, I, I love the fact, like I said, we get to get a chance to get an inside peek at some of your guys' mindsets and the way you do things and go about your – I mean, you guys live the live the walk. You talk to talk, but you walk it every day. So I think it's so cool. And what were some of the challenges for you? I just had a book myself that I put out. I know some of the challenges that go along with that process. How did you find the writing process? And did you learn it? Did you were you able to – did you have to kind of relive any of the experiences, go back through some of the stuff that you were digging into? What was that whole process like? So the whole process was pretty simple because my writer, Keith Wood, pretty much did. He's done it a couple times before. So that made it very easy. But his has always been fiction. This was his first nonfiction. Uh, putting that stuff and, you know, doing interviews with him and talking about it and editing. It was a freaking tear fest from chapter one to the end. I, a lot of emotions came out, reliving some of those things. 
you could smell it, you could taste it, you could feel it, you could just you're back in the uh, overseas. Uh, it, it was rough. It was rough. I mean, I remember my wife would come in, she's like, "How you doing?" And I'm freaking on my knees crying. I couldn't help it. It just uh, it would it would take me out. And but what but was so and this would be me like re- reading this, editing, doing the final edits, and it's still hitting me. And I was like, "This is good because I want to emotionally bring people in." to certain individuals' lives that were lost over there and kind of the uh, the surrealness of the stuff that kind of goes over there. It's not really a in-your-face combat book, although there is a little bit that. It's kind of like the inside scars, uh, some things that people don't talk about. We're starting to get there, which is good, and I hope this book kind of opens it up for a lot of um, – it's really not just for military people. It's for pretty much anyone. There's there's lessons learned in there, uh, so I think it's going to be good, get people talking, and that's that's the goal. Awesome. How much do you get your faith? I mean, listen, when we talk about the fatherless crisis, the father not being in the home is one thing. Our, our heavenly father not being in our society is I think those two combination, the, the one two punch there is really crippling us in this country. So I know faith Absolutely. is something that's important to you. Do you capture that? Now, I know you told it the last time you were on the podcast. Do you tell your story about all that and incorporate your faith in the book? I do. Faith is right there. It is uh, it is right there throughout the beginning. Um, you don't see it more until the end, but there's little pieces because it wasn't I mean it's it was my like my story it really wasn't there and there's a reason why it was there and that reason is in the book but you can see while it while it came on the changes that happened um the redemption that came which was not an overnight thing the the deepest of valleys which are everything is in there in great detail uh so yes it's definitely in there because like I told Keith, Keith and I discussed is number one thing is here to glorify God because he is the center stage of this whole story. Hands down, didn't know that about three-fourths of the book, because I just didn't know. Uh, or maybe I was just too stubborn to say okay, but that story's in there. And then finally, light, boom, happiness, and just good times, man. <laughs> yeah, and I know you mentioned, too, a lot of the guys that you lost over there, and one of them I know, Adam Brown, is yes. one of the guys, uh, for, for me, my favorite book that I've ever read is Fearless, and I love that book. book. I've read it Great several book. times. I, I had the fortune of and honor of having Adam's dad, Larry, on the podcast here. And it was it's really a lot of people ask me what my favorite interviews are that I've done or who I've talked to. That interview really meant so much to me just because I mm-hmm. felt like I knew Larry kind of through reading the book so many times. Right. What, what was it like for what, what was Adam Brown like in real person? What was it like to serve with him? It, it was it was what his book says, Fearless. Like the guy just, he's like, I'll do it. I'll go. I'll do it. He really did have Tom's disease, terrified of missing stuff. Like he just always had to be there. And I mean, let's just take for a second. A guy is shooting for years and years and years in combat, has tons of experience, loses his dominant shooting eye, and then retrains himself enough to where he can go work with a tier one unit overseas. That says it all. Enough where you could jump out of a plane with a bunch of other jumpers and doing not hey-ho and coasting in miles. And he's got one eye and he's got, a, I mean, you would see him up there like shaking his head, making sure he's checking his left and right up, making sure there's no jumpers to come in. But like he did that. Like most people be like, I'm done. Like this is the end of the road for me because I, I lost an eye. Adam just says, I need to retrain myself. I need to build new habits. And that right there is like. We go around saying, I can't do this. Oh, I, man, I, oh, I can't do this. There's no way. And we, we make these excuses, excuses, excuses. And Adam did not make an excuse. He never made an excuse. He's like, I will find a way, period, end of story. And that is that is legendary. And that's one thing I remember just taking away from him just by being around him. It's like, 
osmosis. Like, dude, this is awesome. Like, we don't say no, no matter what it is. The guy lost an eye. Going to fight the bad guys. And he's like, I got this. Let's go. And he did. He kicked butt overseas. Plain and simple. Yeah, and that's just the eye part. I know his hand he had an issue with. I know he was overcoming addiction issues as well. That was... uh, I was the one that put his fingers back on. <laughs> Man, I know I've seen that picture. Yeah, unbelievable. He's in the book, too. I got a couple pictures of Adam in there. Yeah, also, I know that there was supposed to be a movie in the works of him. I don't know whatever happened to that. I, I know Larry so. was I, – I, if anybody, I mean, I really would hope that they put that in. So, again, so you got Unafraid staring down Terra as a Navy SEAL and a single dad. Talk about the single dad portion of it there for a second here, because we got, you know, I know we focus a lot on single moms in this country. There's so many more of them than there are single dads, but what are the challenges for you coming up? Single dad deployed overseas. What was it like for you? I'll tell you this much. I have much respect for any single parent out there. That is, that is hands down. I'm like, wow, that is a uh, mind-blowing experience. Uh, it was the toughest thing I ever did by, by, by far. You know, we always like, oh, you trained up for the craziest wars, but then you come back and you got to there's no feelings involved in that stuff. You come back and got to do pigtails. You got to empathize. You got to get on their level. You got to talk about, you know, this boy or this guy, like they did this or this is happening or why are you crying now? It's like, I don't know what that is. And uh, they helped me as much as I think I might have helped them. I think they helped me more than it was like totally reversed, man. They, they like helped me find emotions and feelings. And uh, it was very tough and it was very different i mean you can imagine just pretty much walking into a room and taking out bad guys and then closing that door and going to another room and now you got to take care of your family that's kind of what it felt like it was like instant stop light switch on take care of your kids and there's diapers involved and hairstyles and clothes and go to the grocery store i don't even know what you guys eat uh like they're like little robots or something <laughs> <laughs> it was uh man looking back though what an experience what a freaking experience uh this kid saved my life no matter i mean that that's that is the truth yeah re- really great stuff eddie and obviously you know staring down Terra as a navy seal part of that now I, I don't know where you end up in the book there where it leaves off but i know that it, as somebody that fought and, and lost loved ones over there uh fighting Terra, it, uh, what was your emotions when you saw what became a debacle of how we withdrew from Afghanistan? What was playing through your mind? I know that was an emotional time for a lot of the military guys that served over there. What what, what played out through your mind as we as that was going down? That's actually the author's note in Unafraid is is that pullout right there. It's um I, I have been asked this question so many times. I was disgusted, to be completely honest. Um, I don't think that we need to spend countless decades over in a foreign country but but that country you you have to know based off of history that country's been doing the same stuff people go in there they try to make it without without staying in there and providing that infrastructure and kind of maintaining and building up from the inside out it's not going to happen and we just pulled out like a, a third grade was in charge and said hey let's let's go we're going to leave our crayons and coloring books and we're, we're taking off out of the country and that's that's not how you do things it, it's a that was one of the most embarrassing moments that America has ever had, in my opinion, since I've been on this earth. It was, uh, it was, I was not okay with it. It did not sit well with me, and I feel very bad for the individuals, the families that uh, had to deal with that as, as their loved ones were left over there, and the Afghans that just pulled out. And and again, there's always more stories behind the story that you hear. Uh, so I don't know what the full thing is. I don't think anyone does. Maybe uh, some people up in up in DC do. But uh, yeah, I wasn't happy with it all. I was disgusted. 
Yeah, I, I, so many Americans were just citizens of the country were to see what happened. And I know, like you mentioned, even whether they're Afghan or Iraq, I know I had uh, Johnny Walker on yeah. the show here, work with the SEALs, even Hamidi Jassim, who was the one of, over in Iraq, the terrorist whisperer guy. So many guys gave so much towards what we were doing there. Where does it leave us off now, Eddie? What kind of advice do you have for the parent out there whose kid is on the fence, wants to join the military, doesn't know if they should? What do you tell the parent right now? Uh, that, that's a tough one. That is a very tough one. I mean, if it was me, I don't know what I would do because I'm not in that, that situation. But I, as I, as I mentor guys that are going up that want to go into the military and they always like, well, I don't want to get this. I don't want to get this vaccine. I don't want this to be my commander in chief. I don't want, and I was like, I understand all that. But the big thing is you're doing it for the citizens of this great country. That's what you're doing it for. You've got to listen to your heart. You've got to listen to your heart. It's great to take valued opinions from other people, but that cannot determine your decision. You've got to listen to the inner workings. You have to. Uh, and, I, and I tell that to everyone, like you can only make that decision. Uh, you need to, I mean, if you need to make a list, pros and cons, but at the end of the day, you're not working for the people up in Capitol. You're not, you're not working for them. You're working for the people that are busting their butts around this country and trying to make a living for their family. That's what we're, that's what we're fighting for. That's what we are serving. Regardless if we think of this conflict or that conflict as a certain agenda or a political war, it doesn't matter. We are there to stand up and fight and protect this great nation and the people within. And uh, it just comes down to that individual, what they feel. But I understand parents thinking that stuff. Like, I don't want, I don't want you to go. I don't want you to, I, I, I get it. I fully get it. I would be, if my kids were that age, I would be thinking the same exact thing. I get it. Yeah, very well said, Eddie. Uh, unafraid, staring down terror as a Navy SEAL and a single dad. Where do, where do you want everybody to go to buy the book? Are we going on Amazon? You're doing it through the website? Where is the book? Is it, it sold everywhere? It, yeah, it'll be everywhere. It'll be Barnes & Noble's has an Amazon, softback, hardback, and Kindle version will be there. If you want signed copies, you need to go to eddiepenny.com. That's the only place you'll get it. And then audiobook will be available this fall. Awesome. Yeah, I'll drop the links to all that in the description of podcast episodes so listeners can get over there, get it. What's I mean, you got the book, the podcast. What's next for you? You working on any of the projects coming coming up soon? Book number two. <laughs> Back at it. Back at it, yep. Yeah. Do you stay close to the SEAL community as far as the new ones that are coming up? Do you ever go back to the Bud's graduations? Do you stay close to that community? You're kind of distanced from it now. Uh, I kind of distanced. I still talk to guys that I served with. Uh, I was just talked to my old Bud's roommate. He's like, we should go out there for just go check it out. So we might be doing that. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, we but not as much as I want to. And there's a reason for that. Um, I just prefer to keep a distance. So. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, last thing I want to hit you with here, Eddie. I know I hit you with it a while back when you were here. I always love to ask this at the end of the program. What kind of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Time. Give your kids time, 100%. Get on their level. I just put out a post. We always see these challenges going around freaking media, and a lot of them are pretty freaking pointless. If you want to do a challenge 10 minutes a day, quality time that's not the normal routine just get on their level play legos throw a football with them build legos um go play dolls it doesn't matter let them paint your my toenails got painted last night <laughs> so uh just quality time that's what they want they want quality time and that 10 minutes might be only 10 minutes to you but to them it's an eternity and just do that and, and just Think about their uh, think about their world. Let let them in. Let them let you into their world, and it's it's a beautiful thing for sure. Yeah. 
Great stuff. I love the message. Eddie, it's never lost on me that our freedom ain't free. I really appreciate your service, your teammates. I know the sacrifices have been many. So God bless you. You're a first class father all the way. And thank you for coming back and give me a few minutes of your time here at First Class Fatherhood. Thanks, my friend. I appreciate it. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Eddie Penny for giving me a few minutes of his time here and coming back to the podcast. That was such an honor. Uh, Please get over and buy a copy of his book, Unafraid. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And be sure you're following me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace because I have got a huge announcement coming soon that's going to mean big business here for the podcast in the future. So don't miss out on that. Follow me over there on Instagram or check me out on Facebook over on Twitter. Uh, You can just Google Alec Lace or First Class Fatherhood. You are going to find me out there somewhere, and I appreciate all your support. You guys really keep me going here with this podcast, and we have not even yet begun to see the limit on where this podcast is going to go and how many people's lives it will affect. Uh, So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. And from the little acorn, grew the mighty oak. I'm Alec Lace. You've been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.